Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Young Conductors Podcast. We are your hosts, Sean and Cole, two conductors on a mission to encourage, educate, and inspire young conductor teachers. Welcome to another episode, y'all. This is hey, our everyone. sixth episode. Um, we're really excited. Uh, out of our eight-episode season, after this one, there will be two more, which we're super excited about. And we have a really special income upcoming guest, so uh, be, be sure to be ready for that. But anyhow, today, we are going to be talking about promoting yourself and what that looks like. Yes, and the first thing you might be asking yourself is when and where do I start? That is like the biggest question. Um, So really the first step is starting in your classes and that's making connections with your colleagues, your friends, um, and even your professors because your professors are gonna be that one support for you that you're really gonna need um, pretty much all through school. And even when you get out of school, get to know as many people as possible at professional events. Like um, if you have a state conference, a um, national association of music education conference, definitely go to those. Um, ACDA, ASTA, all those type of things. Um, That's where a lot of networking happens. Yeah. um, I, I have some thoughts about, Uh, what Sean was talking about there. So yeah, definitely in your classes, you want to make sure that you are building relationships with people because you just never know where you're going to be at in the future. And yes, like Sean said, definitely your professors, but also your peers and your colleagues, because I mean, Sean and I started off together, same degree, same major, same year, you know, and then like fast forward, like here we are now doing this podcast together. (laughs) And you just never know what will happen with the people in that room. Um, because mm-hmm. your colleagues are going into the same career path. Um, some will leave, some will stay, some will do something different. You just never know. Um, like there might be somebody in the future who has this really sweet gig and they're like, oh, wow, I really need a, uh, we need a conductor for this. Oh, I remember Sean was really into conducting during our undergraduate degree. I wonder what he's doing now, you know? And so like people mm-hmm. can draw on, on those things. And so, I remember one professional musician that I met not too long ago, um, and she was talking about how, like, a lot of gigs that she's had over the past, like, 15 plus years she's been out of school have been with a lot of the people that she met in those those first years of, of, mm-hmm. of her undergraduate degree. So you just never know. You just never know. So, you know, yes, you might connect in the future, but you also have to think, like, creating a professional relationship with them like looks different than um, a super personal one. So always be right. thinking about that when you're in those settings. Um, yes. Always, even you don't want to don't like the person, <laughs> keep it a hundred percent professional because you never know. Yeah. They might be giving you a job someday or something. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody wants to think about, Oh, I remember that. So-and-so they have put like a right. sour taste on my mouth or whatever. And you know, you're not always going to be somebody's cup of tea. And that's not, I think what I'm talking about, but, um, yeah, I just think it's important to know. I mean, I always remember teachers always talk about what, what is your Facebook like? Like, be careful if it has this or whatever. You just never know. You just never know. Right. That's that's the message for today. Um, and yeah, Sean is right. Professional events. Um, that is a great place to start networking. I mean, I remember Sean and I freshman year went to um, our freshman year of undergrad, went to our state's local music educators conference and 
already like right off the bat like our one of our music ed professors do you remember this sean we were at like an alumni uh, reception type thing mm-hmm. and she just started like putting us with all these people oh yeah you know she like <laughs> would grab choir conductors and be like cole come here and meet them orchestra like you know like she would be divvying us up to get to know these people um mm-hmm. who have now like i'm thinking about one person in particular like um she was already teaching she was alumni and now we've grown and i and i still know her today so yeah that, that's great and i think that it's going to get a lot easier with time i mean even me i still get very shy introducing myself to people i'd mm-hmm. rather somebody else introduce i've right. never been the person that's like hi i'm so this is me you know, like <laughs> yeah like that's that's not that's not my personality and that in that sense which is like weird because like I don't know. Do you think I'm extroverted, Sean? Um, <laughs> that's such I a hard I'm, question. I know. I just threw that at you. I think I'm. I think yes, that you, you're, you're like very in between. You're very moderate. I feel. Like. Yeah, I think I used to feel very extroverted, and then like yeah. as I've gotten older, and like especially this past year, I tell everybody and their their brother that since I lived alone this past year, I've become more introverted. I feel like I've been oh, more yeah. okay with being by myself. Me too. Um. Yeah. Well, you have cats. Um. That's true. <laughs> so I don't. I wish you could get a cat, but you're allergic, so too bad for you. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but no. What was I saying? Oh yeah, I'm just not the person to like run up to people. I mean, I. It's so funny. This last um national ACDA conference, I you know I was going the first time as a graduate student, and I was like with my <clears> graduate <throat> mentor, and she asked me. She was like, "Who do you want to meet?" And I was like, this is amazing. Thank you for asking me this question. She's like, do you want to meet so-and-so and so-and-so? And so I'm sort of dropping all these big names. And I'm like, are you kidding? Yes, I want to meet every single one of them. Right. Um, but I remember when she was telling me about this. Well, actually, I, I'm kind of thinking about this now. She didn't offer to do that. I kind of demanded it. <laughs> now that I'm <laughs> I was like, I need you to do this. And she was like, okay, right. sure. Um, she, but she, she was telling me. It. Yeah, she was telling me that when she started off as a young conductor teacher, like she was the type, of, and it's weird because she's so introverted, but she would just like introduce herself to everybody. She said like one of the biggest things that she made herself do, and I know this is getting off topic, but well, actually not actually, no, it's actually not no, I'm pretty on topic. Um, it's off uh, kilter here, but she would like go to like composers and introduce herself, which I think is such a smart idea, you know, because mm. like, how much work potential work collaborations yeah she would do just because she was going introducing herself to Mm -hmm. these composers and so i need to get on that better but um but yes when you're at these conferences like get to know as many people as you can um be respectful be polite that's kind of right you You don't want to be like the annoying person that's like oh my god i love blah 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 like don't do that type of thing um Normally, that's, that's like a hard line to find, like, whether or not you're nervous, like, just because you're nervous or you're nervous that it's going to be annoying. But usually, I feel like that gut feeling is right. Like, yeah. if you're like, no, that's really annoying, so I'm not going to do that, then you probably shouldn't do it. But, yeah. like, just going up and saying hi and introducing yourself, I think is almost all of the time pretty acceptable, I think. Yeah. And even if it's like a big name composer or like somebody that's like famous in your eyes, like just go up to them and talk to them. Like you don't need to talk their whole year off for an hour and a half. Like be right. be socially aware 
of the clock of when you start having a conversation <laughs> with someone, I think. Right. I think nine times out of 10 people don't mind talking to you. And I think that, you know, in our heads, we, we think it's like more scary than it is, you know? Yeah. So just go talk to people and introduce yourselves and you never know what will happen. Nine times out of 10, I'll like message, I'll like meet somebody, not message, I'll meet somebody in person and I'll like later on remember that I chatted with them and I'll go ahead and like send them a friend request on Facebook or follow them or something like that so I can establish that connection and continue to see it out. So, well, speaking um, of social media, that might be a, yeah, that a was good a good little segue. segue. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose, I promise. Um, social media, which is like this never ending beast and it's great for some people, terrible for others. Um, it's interesting because like I love figuring out and navigating social media and like creating things and that stuff is all exciting. But really my social media, my social media presence <laughs> is only on three platforms. That's it. And it's Facebook, which where all of my grandmas and my aunts and all of them, mm-hmm. the people I meet professionally can like see what's going on in my life. Instagram, which is more of my friends. Um, and then now I've, I've started on TikTok this past year, which is just blown up in ways that I could I never expected Um, so I would say that if you're not already on social media which most people are I think it'd be go ahead and to jump on it especially if you're wanting to become a professional musician in some way I mean I don't Mm -hmm. like I when I when I hear somebody's name when I as a musician or whatever I'll go ahead and like search them you know when I'm trying to find people and so like you want to be be sure that you're found because if you're not found that you're not going to be able to get gigs people aren't going to you know it's right. just better to just be on social media. And if you're like, I don't want to do that. That's not the kind of life that I want to live. You know, just set up a professional account where you can like mm-hmm. share videos of like, let's say you are the average music education student. Let's say you're a saxophone player. Um, if you create a professional account, I think it'd be good to share videos of you growing as a saxophonist, as our um, European friends would say growing as a saxophone player, um, but also as a teacher, and then even as a conductor. Like you can showcase those things by sharing videos and updates and taking pictures at conferences and all those things just so people can see what you're doing in your professional career. Um, And then if you'd rather like keep that separate from your personal account, I totally agree with that. And I I did that. Luckily, like I don't have to worry about that too much. And Sean too, like I don't use my Instagram or anything a whole bunch. And so I feel comfortable sharing professional and some personal i don't like share super personal mm-hmm. things on there anything, right but yeah um, i think the thing with the what i like to think about before posting like not even just like my professional things but anything on social media i think of someone that i like idolize and it's like oh i really like this person what would they think if they saw this video of me conducting or what would they think if they saw this so that's something that constantly goes through my head when i post something on social media and that's not a bad thing like I think it's good to think about like who's going to be seeing these things and do you want them to actually see these things um yeah yeah. I mean I know like there's like that older generation of thought that's like don't post everything and I I understand like there are some things that you should not I don't think you should be sharing on social media especially especially if you're going to be a teacher you know like thinking about remaining professional but like just because people say that i think that which i agree with sean but that doesn't mean you need to like dilute yourself or like silence yourself also like, right i think it's okay to share 
your opinions on things, but just be prepared that not everybody's going to agree with you all the time. Um, and when you share something, you're opening up a discussion on those types of settings. And so I've been in that boat before where I've shared something um, and then a whole debate started off in my comment section on Facebook. And I was like, this is not what I was intending to happen. <laughs> um, and it did. And that was kind of my fault, you know, but um, yeah. So just, just keep that in mind. So don't feel the need to completely sign silence yourself, but um, there's a time and a place um, mm-hmm. and your actions sometimes have consequences. So it's just something to think about. Um, right. What else was I going to say? Um, oh yeah. Social media also, like I said, like it allows you to connect with people on similar paths, whether they are experienced educators or conductors or musicians, yada, 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 uh, being able to connect with them and like kind of allow you, each other to stay in contact, um, especially when you're on other ends of the country or even, you know, the world. Um, mm-hmm. but also it's good to stay connected with people around your age. Um, to see just i don't know to see what's up what's going on um support system yeah yeah and and it's 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 good i I like social media a lot um the next thing that we're going to talk about is website which is you know i feel like everybody has an opinion on this but really you should not create and post a website i feel until you have an adequate amount of experience to share right because then it feels very like or like maybe you're trying to I don't know what's the word I want to use. Um, read my mind, Sean. What am I trying to say? Overcompensate. Uh, yeah, for yeah, things, yeah. You know, right. and so like, uh, it's great if you already have a bunch of things to showcase. You know, if you've been playing piano since you were in elementary school and you accompany people and do all these things, I think it's great to create a website right. in that kind of sense. But if you're going to create a website, it's like Cole Butler conductor when I haven't even had like my first conducting class, like it's like mm-hmm. dial this back a tiny bit, you know, cause then I don't think people will take you seriously. But yeah, and also- I would say, do you want me to, okay. I, I would say um, on your website, you know, I, I can only speak to a certain extent on this because I do not have a website. That's something that I really need to get on. Um, yes, you do. But in terms of, like you're like I think this even goes for a resume like don't I know it goes without saying don't lie about things that you do like don't fake these things because nine times out of ten they will ask you about about whatever it is that you maybe like fibbed a little bit about and then you'll have no idea what to say and by they I mean like someone that is hiring you for a job might be like oh well what is this thing you did in 2012 blah 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 like you don't want to put anything on your website or a resume that maybe you didn't really do but you watched someone else do it and you kind of claimed it um yeah yeah i mean i think every point of some career most music ed programs will have you'll have some class where they'll be like create a website for this um which i think is great because then you're going ahead and starting yeah to create this portfolio which is great and you want to do that and there are different means, and Sean's going to talk about one um, situation of when you can uh, utilize a certain website for a portfolio. But um, I was just about to say something, and it slipped my mind. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Um, no, it's okay. Um, oh, I was going to say, if you're really wanting to create like an online portfolio to like put 
wordy things, not like necessarily media. I think LinkedIn is a good website to utilize. Um, I, I enjoyed utilizing that during my undergraduate degree because it kind of helped me compile everything that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was like creating my CV and creating my website and all these things, I actually used my LinkedIn. I referenced back to it because it was things that I forgot that I did. Like, oh yeah, that can go on my CV, you know? And so right. like, I think in that sense, like you should definitely consider utilizing LinkedIn and a lot of professional um, organizations use LinkedIn um, all the time. And so just having a good presence on that and going ahead and connecting with people on there. Um, if you're listening to this, I need your first LinkedIn connection. Go ahead and look me up and I'll, um, I'll <laughs> hey, connect I'm on with there you. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, it's funny because Sean does not really use social media a whole lot. I kind of like right. on him. I think I, I made you join LinkedIn. I made you yes. try to professionalize your Instagram and all these things. And so, but I think that they can really be a tool. And if you use them correctly, mm-hmm. um, and if you're not sure where to start, just like go ahead and do a dig down the rabbit hole and just like look up some of your favorite people. There's a conductor out there that you love, a professional trombone player, whatever. Um, just go ahead and look up and see what they're doing and see if you can model off of what they're doing. Don't steal their yeah. content or anything, but, you know, get an well, idea. Well, that brings up a good point. Like, if you look up, like, let's say you have an all-state conductor that you don't know, but you want to see, literally as soon as you type in their name, it's going to be their website and all the things that they're doing. So those things are, like, pretty available, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, Sean, do you want to talk about this website that everybody utilizes all the time, including us, and we upload nonstop and are changing things and sending things (laughs) and links out to people and constantly using? Yes. So I'm sure you all could guess what we use. Um, So when we upload videos, we use YouTube. Um, I know some people use different things, but I've always had great experiences with YouTube. Me too. my my YouTube videos are not public. They're unlisted. So I have like a bunch of videos that I send for um, applications, auditions, whatever. Um, and it's very easy to do it as unlisted or public. I mean, you can keep it public if you want. But for yeah, me, I mean, I have some on there that are public. Yeah. I yeah. have way more that are private and unlisted than public. So. Right, right. Um and, you know, once you have, like, that really good video that maybe you want to showcase, then go ahead and make it public. Because yeah. YouTube is pretty popular. You know, someone might sit down and eat dinner and be like, oh, yeah, Sean Hanter, let's watch him. That won't happen. Yeah. But it could. <laughs> hey, I do it. I do it on a good Friday night. Sean <laughs> Hanter. That's right. Yeah. Um, but it is also a great place just to compile your videos and then you could also like like if you well i don't want to get into this yet well i guess that is our next topic um if you record on your phone you could delete the videos from your phone and they're on youtube and you can oh, always yeah. like download the video again if you need actually i think you need youtube pro or whatever it's called to, to do download what? videos oh to, yeah like, i tried it the other day and i couldn't yeah that's yeah. why it's very irritating I mean, I, I mean, will I, say, like, I even created a Google Drive where if it's, like, a really good video and I need to make space, oh, yeah. I just Google Drive there. Too. So. Yeah. But to share, which is a thing that you mostly do with your videos, YouTube is an easy thing to do for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but like we just referenced earlier with the social media, it's good to always be recording things um, and putting things of your performances, any teaching demo, any any teaching that you do throughout your undergraduate degree, whether it's in like a lab or something, always be filming your stuff, which we're going to get to in a minute, talking about videos specifically. But um, mm-hmm. it's it's good to just like add as much as you can because it's better to have too much than too little. So Yes, yeah. Exactly. So um, with YouTube, we can talk about our conducting teaching videos. Um, Right. It is the hardest part of the job or any application process because they're most likely always going to ask for video, whether it's graduate school or a job or whatever. Um, So the biggest advice that I have is to record everything that you do like whether it's like a little teaching thing or a little conducting thing, because you never know if those five seconds are going to be like your best teaching or your best conducting. So, I mean, I think it's important to record everything. Um, If you have the means to do so, like let's say you only have, I don't know, one gigabyte on your camera and you can't do it, then that's fine. Save it for something else, but um, better just to record everything. Yeah, and you should you should also just record yourself. Don't record students or performers or anything because then that just unless you ask. A, yeah, unless you ask and and they and you have their okay to do so. Um, yeah, but it, every I time mean, I record, I just record from like their point of view, looking at the podium, which is what you should do anyways. Yeah, um, nine times out of ten, usually if you're so if you're working with a collegiate ensemble for example, like nine times out of 10, it'll say something in the syllabus about media because they have to like record for concerts and things. And so there might not be a big situation with that, but for sure, if you were recording underage students, minors, like don't get them at all or try your best to not put it at the back of the room where they're not facing that direction or something. Yeah. Um, Cause it's, it's, that's, very that could you can get into a lot of trouble for for that um yeah for their various things i mean i remember one girl in high school she was not allowed to be shared on anything social media with her choir because like she did like she wasn't allowed to talk to her her dad for example and like she like changed her name and there's all this like craziness but um it she could have really been in danger if somebody like slapped a picture of her or a video of like her full thing or whatever so it's just you had to be very careful because you don't know every single situation Mm -hmm. but if they're adults and you're like conducting a small group of friends like just ask them and if they say yes then great that's totally fine but sean sean's right like most of the time like i'm still trying to figure out the best way to record um but usually i just do it portrait mode on my phone um and it's on a tripod and um i usually put it in in a distance that you can like and this might be different for sean because he also mm-hmm. uses his yeah i'll iPad go over what i do too but usually nine times out of ten i just use my phone and i'm trying to like figure out the best way um because when i started on sharing videos on tiktok like my normal videos aren't like high quality you know and so like i've been really trying to like play with a different quality for like sharing purposes Mm -hmm. and i'm so honored 
and I'm not honored. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it's something I did myself. I decided to upgrade to an iPhone 14 Pro because of the camera upgrade, mm. because I've never had a nice camera. Um, so I, I, you know, decided to do that. And then now my iPhone Pro has four, uh, the, the cinematic mode. And I started recording videos with that. And oh, the difference that makes is like night and day. I mean, it looks professional. And so, um, yeah, I've never I, I tried recommend... that. Yeah, yeah, maybe I have to try that. Yeah, it, it might it, it might work better in a closer range. Um, like oh, like I was saying, like I stand up on a tripod that's like maybe two or three feet away from me. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if cinematic mode. I, I think it would actually if you put it like behind an ensemble or further away. Like it's okay to like record a little bit and then go back and watch really quick to see like what's the best scenario for like before the ensemble gets there while they're warming up whatever. Mm-hmm. um to figure it out but yeah cinematic mode on my iphone has been the best um and always you should invest in a tripod luckily the my school has one for me to use and so i mm-hmm. just pop it on there but um yeah i have more to share about videos but i want sean to talk about his setup yeah sure so i also use my iphone i have the same one the 14 pro um and I use my iPhone because it's already very expensive and it, the camera quality is like almost unmatched to a lot of other things. Um, unfortunately, I can't recommend like a real like video recorder cause I just don't know the market of those. I know there's some people that are really hardcore into those, but I think my phone just does just fine with the video quality. Um, what you need so what I, yeah yeah so what i do is i i actually do it in landscape mode and i also have a tripod and for those of you who have never seen me in like real life i am a very tall person so when i get on (laughs) when i get on the podium it's like way too tall so the first tripod i had like it was like cutting off my head and it was so annoying so i got this like really tall tripod from amazon it was like 15 dollars so definitely invest in in a tripod if you're going to use your phone. Um, there's or also anything. iPad. Yeah, really anything. There's also iPad tripods. I used to use my iPad like when I first started doing my videos, but the video quality was not so good. Um, so, <laughs> so I decided not to do that. Sorry, um, I'm just thinking about that one time. Was it a concert? Or your iPad like fell Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> it was literally a concert. I like. I remember I was in the audience and Sean was conducting. It was oh, it was your first big conducting gig, it was wasn't the it? First concert, and with, you were up there WSA, doing your thing, yeah. and then like, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So I didn't get the recording of that concert. Fortunately, oh. it was live streamed, and they like do different shots of the ensemble, so I was able to like screen record some of that, um, but. I ended up not ever using that video. Like, I think I used it for one thing and then I stopped using it. I just um, remember the anxiety that I had because I, oh I know how expensive iPads are and I right. just thought it hit the ground. I mean, it smacked. Yeah. So like, definitely get a tripod because it was on a stand oh, and that just yeah, was that, not, that was not doing it. So <laughs> definitely yeah, get a Sean, tripod. like flattened the stand to where yes. like, and then he set it up, I think on this side facing him. Mm-hmm. And then it just <laughs> so. right, yeah. 
Um, and also I set up the tripod. I, I've done this different ways. I either set it up on like the left side. So it's kind of, um, how do I want to say it? Like kind of cornered. If you, if you have first and second violins together, it's behind the second violins. That's where I usually put it. Or if you're setting up first, seconds, violas, cellos, sometimes I put it behind the violas. And I think that I like it more behind the second violins. For some reason, that's just a better, like, I don't know, better angle of me, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, that's where I place the, my phone. Now for audio, I have, I'm starting to venture into the microphone world because the audio on the iPhones are not like top notch. So if you really want to get a really good video, it's good to have good audio as well. But there is a microphone that you can plug in to your phone. And that is called the Zoom IQ7 mid-side stereo mic for iOS. And it literally just plugs right in to the bottom of your phone. And, you know, you would put your phone landscape so the microphones can do what it's supposed to do. Because one goes one way and the other, like, goes the other way. So it has to be landscape for it to work. Um, How much was that? That was, I think it was $100. Hmm. So it's pretty, I mean, not too expensive for the quality that I was getting. Um, so, yeah, that's something you can look into. I'm also going to look into a Zoom recorder and, like, actual microphones that I'll place around the stage. I need to play with that idea, but those are so expensive as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say, I think a lot of times, depending on like, if you go to decide to go to grad school, for example, like there might be already things set up that you can mm -hmm. use. You know, I remember one grad school I um, auditioned that like had a whole video set up in their rehearsal space for conductors. Like there was like a touch screen thing on the side and they would do and then like hit record and then it would re record a conductor view in that mm -hmm. room, which is so cool. Um, so there might be things already set up that people you can utilize in that setting. But right. before we get too far away, I had something I wanted to share really quick. Thinking about, this is me personally, but where your video is, like in the rehearsal setting, yes, I'll put it in front of me. Mostly because I haven't decided to invest in like a wireless microphone or something. I want, it, I want the, the whole point of the video is to see me teach. Mm. Um, and so I want them to be able to hear what I'm doing. And I'm afraid it's going to get too muffled or people will be like, huh? And so um, I put it closer to me in that setting. But for um, concerts and performances, I actually put it off to my, um, my right side. And I do that because, well, my teacher first did it. And then um, just, you know, that's just her default. But I loved it for me because when you think about the, the different purposes of your hands, for example, when you're conducting, right, your dominant hand, which her... A bunch of the population is right-handed. Um, fortunately, Not I'm a left-handed person. <laughs> and so I'm a left-handed conductor, right? So I usually keep the beat in my left hand. And then I'm doing other, like, nuanced things in my right hand. And so I prefer for the video to be off of my right side. So you can see that musicality better in my gesture. Mm -hmm. um, that's something I've been experimenting with a bit. I mean, because I feel like if I put it on my left side and they just see me beating the pattern in this hand. I mean, I switch it up, of course, but um, I just feel like you can see more fluidity putting it on the side that is doing that. So 
definitely, you know, mess around and you'll figure it out. But um, yeah, I don't, I haven't invested in a microphone. I'm actually really excited. My teacher and I requested for the budget this coming semester, a GoPro with like a media setup. So there's like a detachable mic and it's like a stand, it's this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we're going to try it out um, this coming year. Hopefully we get it. Um, but yeah, if you want to have more in depth information, a video that I can recommend is if anybody knows bro, it's Mike on TikTok. Um, he actually released like a, a good video camera setup thing mm. on his YouTube channel that I watched. Um, and so his videos are really high quality. And I found out in the video that yes, he used his iPhone at first, but he also like invested in a really nice camera. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have the means to do that, then you should. Um, but if you're looking at a more in-depth video that shows you things, you should definitely check that out on YouTube. Um, so yeah. yeah. Is there anything else? Um, yeah. I also, I wanted to talk about format. It's so, it's so funny, like our different ways of approaching the video. Like my conducting video is like, I mean, I also have rehearsal videos, but every time I send something for an application, like it's just purely conducting, like no rehearsal, none of that. Um, so the format, I don't want to claim it as my own because it's not. I take the format from, I think I've mentioned them before. It's a group called Everything Conducting and they have a website. Uh, if you go to their website, there is a um, an article by Ankush, who was our conductor to watch, I think two weeks ago, maybe a few weeks ago, I don't remember. Um, but an article by him that explains the format of the video and what really works. Um, essentially, you want to always put your best conducting first, like whatever you think that you're best conducting, that should go first. And excerpts of things are totally fine. Like no one really wants to see you conduct the whole second movement of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Like no one is gonna sit through that whole entire thing. So just pick like two minutes of it. That's like really good. And then put it at the front of your video. Um, And obviously this would go for all videos. You want contrasting styles most likely um, in your video. So yeah, take a look at Everything Conducting's website um, and that article, It's, it's really good. Yeah, I think we've also talked about a potential episode in the future talking about like preparing for grad school. Mm-hmm. And so if we ever get to that, I think that might be a good spot to like dive into preparing yeah, those yeah. materials for sure. and like what's needed. So thanks for sharing that. Um, so, you know, all in all, how much promotion should you do? It's the question to ask. Mm-hmm. I think it really depends on your current level or your experience, like where are you at, right? So if you're starting off your career, I think networking, getting to know people, dipping your toe in that water, is it's gonna be whatever you're most comfortable with. You know, I think you should move at the speed of your comfort. Um, but I challenge you not to, to do too fast or too much mm-hmm. too fast or don't do too little, you know, because you wanna find yeah. an even balance. but. If you're curious on like what specific things you should do for where you are at and who you are and what you're doing, um, I think you should definitely talk to your mentor about um, their own experiences and like how they promoted themselves and what they think you should be doing. Um, Cause it'd be really great for us to give you this like blanket idea, which we have done, um, but each, everybody has their own experiences. So find what works best for you, but I really do think it depends on that. Um, 
Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, then we want to talk about the goal of promoting yourself, which we kind of already talked about through this whole entire video. Um, it's a recap. It's a recap. Yeah, it's a recap. It's a recap. Um, essentially, getting yourself out there. That is the biggest thing that we have to do because you are your biggest advocate. No one is going to just come up to you and say, oh my gosh, you're that one person. Come do this. Like you, you always have to be putting yourself out oh, there nice. and it's scary. Like, yeah, it's, it's very scary to do so, but it's also very important and rewarding at the end. No, I agree. Um, yes. Getting yourself out there for sure. I think also it's good for professional growth. Like, connecting with other people learning from other people that is all really important and i think that happens um right after saying hello to someone you can learn so much through a 30-minute conversation about someone's life experiences and so it's really mm -hmm. important yeah. um also it's it's great to for potential collaboration like we already talked mm -hmm. about um connecting with other people on your craft and in your field could bring endless resources and opportunities for you um including job opportunities yes. which is the most important thing. <laughs> the um, thing yes it's the thing i can't i think about all the time people always talking about jobs to me like anytime i start talking whatever they're like are you looking for a job 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 i hear this i hear that i hear that you know mm -hmm. everything just right and so yeah. um which is really great i really appreciate that um so yeah there's a ton of things to think about. And so hopefully at the end of this episode, you feel that there's, you know where you are on, on this journey of promoting yourself and becoming a professional musician. Um, mm -hmm. Honestly, as soon as you start, I think, what was I going to say? Your, your path of, be, you, you are a professional musician, no matter where you at in this, right? But it just takes time and you grow and you learn things on your way. So mm -hmm. On this yeah. journey to being a professional musician, um, you'll be able to, after this episode, recognize where you are, and then hopefully you have some ideas to move forward. But as yeah. always, Sean and I want to make the note, we are not the end-all, be-all. We are not saying do exactly what we say. Um, right. <laughs> Sean and I have had such different experiences, like we've already shared in every other episode. Um, so do what's best for you, and when in doubt, talk to your mentor about it or somebody mm -hmm. close to you in your life that you trust professionally. Um, so and you could always, like oh, if you ever have questions, you could DM us on Instagram. We would be more than happy to, to help you out. Yes. I, it's so funny. My brain now, sorry, this is a side note, but where I work during the summer, I'm a mentor teacher in Durham, North Carolina, and I oversee the electives uh, teachers, high school teachers, that's side's point. But in my work, we like use this program called Slack and it's this like professional communication thing. And mm. I was just thinking, oh yeah, Slack us, but that's not what we do. <laughs> I, would, I would have said, are you in the right podcast? <laughs> Slack us. <laughs> um, yeah, DM us. There's a contact form on our uh, LinkedIn, our Linktree, LinkedIn, on our Linktree uh, via our Instagram. There's a contact form if you need to send a quick message. Feel free to do that or uh, DMS for sure. But um, as always, we end every single episode with conductors to watch. And this one is no different. So I'm going to start us off. Um, this is a conductor that I found uh, by chance. Um, 
I was in a graduate um, his music history class where we did a case study on Bach's uh, St. Matthew Passion, which is great. I learned so much and I love it. But we were like always challenging us and like the professor to like find new recordings and yada, yada, yada. And mm-hmm. he like stumbled across one one day and showed it to us. And the, the sound of the ensemble was just completely different than anything else that we've listened to. And I, and it was like you know, a choir, a chorale piece or whatever. And so I researched this conductor and his name is Raphael Pichon. He's a French conductor and he's young. And he's, he's not like, I think he's might be his early thirties, late twenties. Um, but he actually started off as a countertenor, <laughs> professional countertenor, which, you know, 50, 50, some people have opinions, not entirely a fan um, of his sound, but um, it's really cool. So he started off as a singer and then now he's transitioned and morphed into this a conductor and he conducts uh, choirs and professional orchestras. And I think having that knowledge of being a singer like really has Im- informed his conducting and getting the sound that he wants. And it was just utterly gorgeous. And so mm-hmm. if you would decide to have like a three hour long car drive and you need something to listen to, I definitely challenge you to look up his recording of the St. Matthew Passion. Um it's it's gorgeous and everything else that he does um i think he like studied in germany he just has a really cool background and i think he's in a relationship with a professional singer as well so um he's really awesome but sean who you got for us so you know if he ever listens to this podcast which that will never happen but i would be totally (laughs) starstruck um i hope that he will forgive me for butchering his name um but my conductor to watch is Yannick Nezet Seguin. He is the music director of the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra. Um, and talk about social media. He has a very active Instagram page. Um, obviously, it goes without saying his conducting is great. And he has videos of him on, on Instagram, like little clips. Um, you know, a lot of orchestras post little clips of him conducting as well. Um, there is a video today that, or maybe it was yesterday, I don't remember. He was rehearsing um, Beethoven Five, I think with a youth orchestra. And Is this like bow speed my... is what we're about to say? Like yes, bow yeah, yeah, the bow okay. speed. Yeah, like use the full bow. Um, that One of my favorite things is watching a professional conductor work with a youth orchestra. I just think that's so cool to be able to, to do that. Um, so yeah, check him out. He's really cool. Um, I will say one little anecdote about Unique is that Sean and I, um, during, I don't know, was it two years ago? Two years ago. Oh my gosh, Verity's Requiem, right? Is that what it was? Yes, yes. Yeah. We decided to have a pizza night and watch <laughs> Verity's Requiem, recorded by the Metropolitan Opera. This was during the pandemic, or after the pandemic. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it was after they dedicated right after. it to the victims of the pandemic. Um mm. But I was so excited because Verdi's Requiem is my favorite Requiem. I would die on that hill. Um, and I wanted Sean to listen to it and to watch it. And so he came over. We got our favorite uh, specialty pizza place in Morgantown, <laughs> which we got an order of our chicken barbecue pizza and our favorite crab rangoon pizza. Yes, uh, you heard it right. Um, crab rangoon yes. pizza. <laughs> Sadly, we found out about it later on in our career, right before we left Morgantown. Uh, I'm sorry, right before I left Morgantown. I was going to say, so, I'm still there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, sorry, that was 
roundabout. But um, so we watched him conduct that requiem. And I remember Sean and I were like, who is this guy? Number one, he's a great conductor. Number two, his conductor fit is fire. And we were like, oh, what yeah. is this? Obsessed. Obsessed yes. with that. Yeah, everything was great. Everything was great. And so we followed him and have been, you know, keeping in uh, keeping an eye on him because he's doing great things. So yeah, um, definitely look him up. I know he's not my conductor to watch, but I can just add that two cents. Um, right. Because I was the one who introduced Sean to him. So. <laughs> um that's true. anyhow that's true. thank you so much for joining us um for this episode we really appreciate all the support um and i do want to add that we shared on our social media that we are taking presentation requests which is really exciting for us um yes. we have been so blessed with having so many people give to us along this journey and it's exciting us to give the opportunity back to other people and to have conversations with young conductor teachers in the setting that they're learning. Mm -hmm. And so if that is you, if you are um, a part of a student chapter and you are looking for guests, which everyone is thinking about the beginning of the school year, um, we hope you'll consider us. Um, We don't have like a set rate or anything, so don't worry about that. Um, But our form is really quick and easy. And it's also Mm -hmm. found in our link tree. It'll probably take you about two minutes to fill out. Um, And it's just basic information. And then we'll contact you um, after that form uh, to to gather more information. So if that is something that you're interested in, we would love to chat with you and your friends and your peers and your colleagues and all the people. Um, And um, we're offering opportunities to have uh, choral topics. We're all cover that. We have instrumental topics where Sean covered that. And then because of our unique situation, we're, also wanting to do some hybrid sessions where we talk about mm-hmm. our different perspectives like we do in this podcast. So like I said, check out our link tree. Um, even if you're not, if you don't have like a final say in this or whatever, I think it's good to just initiate that contact with us so we can like find a time because we've already had some people reach out to us. And so um, we don't want our schedule to get too jam packed. So I guess first come first serve. <laughs> yeah, so, got to finish um, up a master. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We both have recitals this incoming year and are doing all the things. And Sean, actually, excitingly enough, is starting his teaching job next um, fall. This is a new venture for him. He's doing it while he's finishing up grad school. So it's going to be a bunch of stuff. But It's going to be a wild um, ride. (laughs) It's going to be great. I'm so excited for you. So, um, yes, thanks for listening and, and, uh, as always, connecting with us and following us and interacting and doing all the things. um we appreciate it so 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 much so yes thank you all so much yes as always we hope you have a great rest of your day and thank you so much for watching bye y'all see ya